City Church in Over the Rhine is cultivating the kind of family Jesus introduced to the world in the city of Cincinnati. We're glad you're choosing to listen to a sermon from our weekly service. We would love to meet you. Visit us on Instagram or at citychurchotr.com. Enjoy. Uh, we are starting a new series, and, um, and I get to talk about the God who speaks. We just finished up a series on our four values. Did you guys like that series? I thought it was awesome. Let's give Chris a round of applause. I thought he did an amazing job. Um, I am part of the leadership team here, so I know what's going to go into our messages, but I just got to tell you that I just love sitting under uh, good teaching and good leadership, and hearing that word just blessed me. Uh, the, the Venn diagram blessed me so much. Uh, the story, the Fast and Furious story blessed me so much. Uh, it really, yeah, it made me feel like this is a family, right? It's like, almost like this is a real family and stuff. So uh, another key piece of our DNA is that we are a church that pursues the contemplative and the charismatic. We love the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you. I was like, just one amen, huh? Maybe, maybe we don't love them both. All right. Maybe we only love one or the other. That's fine. Um, then I'm in the right place. I'm teaching the right word today. Uh, this series is going to be a deeper dive into some of the deeper questions that people have around the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was fully God and fully man. Everybody say and. and. He showed grace and truth. Everybody say and. and. He's not the God of or, but the God of and. We're doing this series because we want more of him through his spirit and his word. Have you guys ever noticed that sometimes people are either drawn to either an experience they're either drawn to the experience of God or the study of his word. Here at City Church, we aim to be a people who worship uh, in spirit and truth, and that means that we have a high view of scripture and the gifts of God. One of those gifts that we value is hearing God speak. That's why we have a year-long chronological Bible reading plan that has uh, our leaders reading it, and hopefully you guys are joining us and following along. Uh, and that's why we pray for people by laying on of hands and have come Holy Spirit nights where people get filled with the Spirit, get baptized in the Spirit, and, and start uh, realizing their prayer language, some of them praying in tongues. Um, pro tip, if you are just new to all this and you're a single guy in here and you're just now starting to hear the Lord, um, don't run up to a single woman and tell her that God told me to marry you. Um, just pro tip, unless your name is Tom Brady or Michael B. Jordan, then maybe you can get away with that. But if you're just one of us in here, um, don't do that. Probably is not going to go over so well. Um, my experience in coming to know Jesus was filled with all kinds of experience. I had an uh, experiential um, salvation moment. Um, I walked into church not really sure if I believed in God um, and walked out radically changed. I heard the truth proclaimed and it pierced my heart. Um, I prayed a prayer of salvation. I asked Jesus to baptize me with the Holy Spirit and I was praying in tongues immediately. It was incredible. Um, I maybe could have quoted you John 3.16. Uh, I didn't know much Bible uh, but I heard God's voice that time for the very first time that day. 
Um, it was a simple uh, nudge in my spirit. I watched my lovely bride, who was uh, right around four or five months pregnant, uh, walk up to the altar, and I heard God say, you need to be with your wife. And as I walked up to the altar, I just became unglued. I was undone. I was overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit as I walked up to the altar to accept Jesus, to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. But it started with God's voice just saying, you need to be with your wife. Just something that simple, and I would obey. Uh, from there on out, my church experience was goosebumps and tears and as I experienced the manifest presence of God, I would often cry and become emotional as I would speak. And it was a very real experience. I would see people get slain in the spirit. And we had laying on of hands and saw people get healed. And um, we would say that, that, uh, that our, our church services had a move of God in it. We would say that there was a move of God, and the translation to that means that there was loud singing, dancing, shouting, manifestation, healings, tongues, prophecy. We would say church was good because we heard God. And I'm in no way questioning the validity of my experience. I'm extremely grateful, and as far as I know, no one was faking it. Um, but I think it was fair to say that we were worshiping mainly in spirit. Um, mainly in spirit. On the flip side of that, uh, there wasn't a big emphasis on Bible study and discipleship. The midweek service and the Sunday morning services were our primary means of meeting with God. We believed the Bible. We had a, a high view of, of Scripture. We believed the Bible and everything in it, but um, it felt more like studying Scripture, I would say, we felt more like duty than it did worship. How many know that worship is way more better than duty? So I learned to hear God through experiences, the pastors, the prophet, but rarely through his word. I love this quote by Donald S. Whitney. I'm going to throw it up on the screen or have the guy throw it up on the screen. It says, the ongoing worship of God cannot be separate, separated from the word of God. The ongoing worship of God cannot be separated from the word of God. As believers, we must hear God through the logos. The Logos is the written word. It's the idea of God. It's the written message of God. And we must hear God through the rhema, the spoken, the sense, the prophetic voice of God. I want to tell you guys something. We serve an amazing God. We have a God in heaven who loves us. He's always speaking to us. My question is, are you listening? He's always speaking, but are you listening? I have a little catchphrase here that goes like this. If you don't know the word, then you don't know the word. But also, if you don't know the word, it's really hard to hear the word. Wouldn't it be just like the devil to use anything and everything to keep you from experiencing the fullness of God? He wants to keep you in what Jim Collins calls the tyranny of or instead of the beauty of and. Anybody read that book, Built to Last? I mean, how come I can't fish and hunt? How come I can't have peanut butter and jelly? <laughs> Mac and cheese. Not one or the other. And. I'm sorry, the youth pastor's coming out of me. If you've been hurt by one stream of Christianity, 
it would be very easy for you to be turned off by anything that sounds like that stream or tradition. If you came to know Jesus in a more charismatic tradition of believers and they hurt you, it would be just like our enemy to keep you from walking in everything that God has for you by having you doubt everything that's spiritual. If you were hurt by somebody like that, then you hear somebody talk about praying in tongues or you hear somebody talking about healing and hearing God and the prophetic and doubt starts to rise up in you because of that hurt. If you came to know Jesus around a more stoic, father, son, and holy Bible-focused tradition, and they hurt you, it would be just like our enemy to try to make you not have a high value of Scripture. This is where we turn into uh, critiquing the Bible instead of wrestling with Scripture. If they were more liturgical, um, then you might see this as more rigid and a rote way of worship instead of a beautiful means to center yourself with the Holy Spirit. But we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. They, have made, they may have made it about the or, but we serve the God of and. And he's not limited to the way that he speaks. Maybe you're in here and you had a great church experience growing up. Church was good. Nobody hurt you. You had a solid, healthy church and a community that raised you. But their expression leaned heavy on the logos or the rhema. So that's all you've ever known, right? That's all you've ever known. Now when you bump up against somebody from another tradition, it just feels kind of weird because it's the only thing that you've ever experienced your whole life. Wouldn't it be just like our enemy to use some hyper-spiritual person to make you either doubt the validity of signs and wonders or, or even make you feel like a JV Christian for not praying in tongues? Those people will say things like, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit if you're not praying in tongues, which is a lie. They'll walk around praying for random strangers, knees and backs. It's always a knee, Chris. <laughs> it's always a knee. And I don't want to, I'm probably not going to make any enemies here, but um, I don't want to diss that. Um, that's real. I mean, people lay hands on people and people get healed. Um, but the immature person uh, isn't prayed up, and they're walking around, they're boasting about it, and they're making you feel less than for not. Um, it would be just like our enemy to use an immature person like that to keep you away from experiencing the fullness of God. They say things like, God told me to go to Target today. <laughs> when I think that 40% off sales, what told you to go to Target today? <laughs> Could be both, but it's probably the 40% off. The resident theologian or the theobro can make you feel less than because you didn't read a Bible in 72-hour setting. <laughs> because you haven't decided if you're pre-trib or post-trib yet. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, hallelujah. <laughs> that is so good. You are so far ahead of the rest of us. These people will try to convict you with the word when that's not even their job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. They have all the scriptures locked and loaded to convict you with the word, and they're like, ooh, God, hold my beer. Hold my beer. I got a scripture for them. These people might quote Romans 8.28 to you when you're going through a tough time. And they sometimes turn principles into promises. Uh, Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Guys, that is a principle. I've raised four boys, and uh, that is not a promise. 
I'm teasing because they're here. <laughs> That's what happens when you're a PK. You get stories told about you from the stage. I love this quote from Dallas Willard. It says this, the Bible is the word of God in its unique written form, but the Bible is not Jesus Christ who is the living word. The Bible is not the fourth member of the Godhead. That's important because we have a high view of scripture, but the Bible is not the fourth member of the Godhead. There's no fourth member of the Trinity. Now, I don't even want to give the devil too much credit because I think we naturally drift to what feels comfortable. So we'll swing the pendulum kind of one way or the other. We'll swing the pendulum to kind of uh, hearing God through the written, or we'll swing the pendulum to hearing God through the rhema. In other words, we become all about signs and wonders or systematic theology at best and overly spiritual slash weird or rigidly formulaic at worst. Either one of those pendulum swings will keep us from hearing God through his word and through his spoken word. Because if you don't know the word, it's hard to hear the word. And if you can't hear the word, it's really hard to know the word. I got some scriptures for you um, from God that talks about his word. Now, I don't want to get too far into this because this is a series and we're going to talk about um, a scholarly view of the Bible and we're going to talk about why the Bible matters. So I don't want to steal from any of my companions here, but um, I do want to say that the Bible tells us about God. Through his word, God tells us about himself. The Old Testament points to Jesus and the New Testament is about Jesus and the gospel of truth. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Have you ever heard a word preach from the pulpit and you felt like the pastor was speaking directly to you? (laughs) That's the power of the word. That's the power of God speaking through his word. That wasn't because the organ was playing. That wasn't because the smoke machine was on. That was because whoever sat up here and got behind a mic and proclaimed God's truth, his truth pierced all the way to joint and marrow. In other words, uh, uh, reading God's word and hearing God's word can cut the crap. It's in the Hebrew. I looked it up. (laughs) God's word cuts the crap. Everything falls off when you hear God's word. That's the power of God's word. That's God's voice behind his word, whether written or spoken. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Everybody say every good work. These scriptures aren't just mere words of men. They're God's letter to us. His scripture is breathed out. Another translation will say it's the inspired word of God. And his scripture is important in order for you to become complete. 
when you're a new creation in Christ, we need Bible intake. We need a, a steady diet of God's word because it reminds us of who we are. Um, there are people who have lost limbs um, either from the knee down or from the elbow down, and um, they suffer from this thing called uh, phantom limb syndrome. Has anybody ever heard of that? Raise your hand. I see some heads nodding. Some people have heard of phantom limb syndrome. For those who haven't, uh, phantom limb syndrome is when someone has lost a limb and they have a piece left, and um, they will sometimes wake up in the middle of the night. They will sometimes feel pain associated with the limb that isn't even there. It's awful, um, whether from the knee down or from the arm down. Sometimes that, that arm that isn't there will be itching or they'll, they'll feel some pain. And so what doctors used to do back in the day is they would um, take uh, like something that had some rough edges to it, um, an object that they would rub on the end of that limb to kind of uh, remind them that they have some new nerve endings there, right? So that, they, so that their brain would line up with the fact that that limb is no longer there. I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> this isn't just a, a hard story. So they would do that. They would, they would rub that limb so their brain would know that the, the rest of that limb wasn't there, that there's something new there. When you become a Christian, the old man dies, and you become brand new. But how many know sometimes you start feeling some pain that's associated with the old man? How many know sometimes some past hurt or trauma wants to creep back in and wants to try to remind you of who you used to be, right? But when you pick up this word, when you pick up this word and you read this word and you hear God's word get in you, that's just like the person rubbing that thing on the part that isn't there. And it's reminding you that you are a new creation. Reminding you that you're not who you were, that that old piece of you is dead and gone, and that the new is here. That's how powerful God's word is. Guys, I want to tell you that there's no shortcut to spiritual maturity, and there's no healthy Christian life that doesn't include a consistent reading of Scripture. The Bible is clear about God speaking. From the very beginning, God is communicating with his creation audibly, God visits with Adam and Eve. He walks with them in the cool of the day. Enoch walks with God, and then he's no more. He speaks to Moses through the bush, a cloud by day, a pillar by night, and on the mountaintop. And on the mountain, the glory of God caused his face to glow so that he had to put a veil over his face. God speaks. He spoke through a donkey. He spoke through prophets. God is not shy. He's always speaking. But are you listening? Jesus wants us to know his voice. He talks about it three times in John 10. Uh, in John 10, the Pharisees are questioning who Jesus is. They want to know he's walking around doing miracles. He's healing people. And who do you say you are? And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And as the good shepherd, he says in John chapter 4, he says, he's using an analogy of a shepherd and sheep. He says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep Follow him, for they know his voice. In verse 16, he says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. 
This verse right here is really good news to us because he's speaking to the Jewish people at first, but he says, there are other sheep that aren't of this fold. And I'm here to tell you that unless you are Jewish, we are that other sheep. That other sheep that he's talking about are the Gentiles. So Jesus just doesn't want the Jews to hear his voice. He wants everybody to hear his voice. John 10, 27, just in case you need one more, it says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Guys, we serve a triune God. Our Father in heaven is a triune God. He is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That means that the Godhead is always in communication with one of the other ones. That means that he is an intimate God, and he desires intimacy with us. You can't have intimacy without communication. You can't be intimate with somebody without speaking. This is why stonewalling or the silent treatment is so terrible, because it's cutting off intimacy, and God doesn't stonewall us. He speaks to us through his word, and he speaks to us through his word. God is not silent. He speaks through his spirit. John 14, 26 says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Deuteronomy, I don't have this on the screen, but I have this in my notes. Deuteronomy 8, 3 says, but man lives on every, I'm sorry, Man does not live on bread alone, but man lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, man doesn't live on bread alone, but man lives on the very breath of God. Because we were created by his speaking into us, we need to continue to exist by him speaking to us. We want to hear God through reading the Bible. And... A lot of times people have had a hard time, if you were like me, and you thought that reading the Bible was felt more like duty than worship, um, you didn't know how to hear God's voice through reading. And I got just one tip for you there. Pray. Pray before you pick up this word. Pray. And then read the word. And then sit down and listen. And whatever you hear, Write it down. Pray, read, listen, then write down what you hear. As you write down what you hear, you're typing it out like me, um, that's God speaking to you. You couldn't come up with that on your own. Um, For those of you who maybe have leaned more logos than rhema, um, and you've had a hard time hearing God's voice, I got one tip for you, just one. Pray what's on your heart. It's hard to hear God when you have a burden on your heart. Um, When something's weighing you down, it can be hard to hear God's voice. So start with the thing that's on your heart and then listen. Listen to what God has to say. Um, When we get a word from the Lord, we get three ways that we can test it. Three ways that we can test a word from the Lord. And I want to share that with you guys right now. Number one. If you are getting a 
feel like you are getting an impression from God or you are hearing a word from God or somebody walks up to you randomly and gives you a word from God, uh, you want to ask, does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with the word of God? Because God will never tell you something that isn't in his scripture. God will never tell you something that doesn't line up with his written word. Um, when you hear the man say, God told me to divorce my wife, that's when you're like, nah, bruh. <laughs> that doesn't line up with what's in here. Uh, number two, um, get godly counsel. Get godly counsel. If you hear a word from the Lord, you want to get godly counsel. What does godly counsel look like? Godly counsel looks like somebody that spends time with Jesus and somebody who knows you. Somebody that spends time with Jesus, somebody that spends time in their word, and also somebody that knows you. Because how easy is it to just go and uh, ask somebody, hey, does this line up with the word? They're like, yeah, I think so. And you're like, does this line up with the word? No, that doesn't line up with the word. Does it line up with the Yeah, you want to go with the one. <laughs> you want to go with the one um, who knows the word and knows you, not somebody just giving you some fly-by-night word. And the third thing you want to ask yourself is, what does it produce in me? What does it produce, produce in me? Does it produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? If you get a word that doesn't produce the fruits of the Spirit, it probably isn't from God. God wants to speak to us because he's intimate through his word and with his word. I'm going to ask you guys a question. What would this faith community look like if we heard God speaking to us all the time? What would this church look like if we were just so in tune with the word of God? His written word, his logos, his spoken word, his rhema. If we didn't do an either or, but we walked in, the beauty of and. The beauty of God speaking to us through his written and through his spoken. What would our community look like? What would our city look like? What would Price Hill look like? Clifton, OTR, Hyde Park. What would all of our neighborhoods start to look like if we walked around hearing God all the time? Guys, I would not be here if it wasn't for hearing God. First time I heard God was when he told me I need to be with my wife. The next time I heard God, I heard him say, I'm proud of you. Next time I heard God, I heard him say, don't operate in your gift without the anointing. But there was three pivotal times in my life that I heard God. I was going on my first mission trip. Or I'm sorry, not my first mission trip, but I was going on a, on a mission trip to Egypt. And I signed up for this trip, and right at this time uh, that I signed up for this trip, ISIS was doing some pretty dirty work in the Middle East. And if you remember, this was around 2015. Uh, they beheaded 10 Coptic Christians right there in Egypt, right after I signed up. I had four sons at home and a wife, and I was scared. So I prayed, and I asked God, God, am I supposed to do this? And I heard him. He said, I'm with you in Egypt. 
tell me I wasn't going to die. But he said, I'm with you. And that's all I needed to make that trip. A little while later, uh, as you guys know, I like fishing and hunting. And uh, I was about to get a hunting lease in Texas, which are kind of hard to come by. It's a pretty big deal down there. And as I was going through the process of getting this lease, uh, I heard, I got a little check in my spirit that I wasn't supposed to do it, but I was pretty much blinded by my desire to have this lease all to myself and be able to hunt the way I wanted to. And so I was moving forward. And the day I was supposed to sign that lease, it was like God was yelling at me. I said no. And I just dropped to the floor. It was like five in the morning. I was getting ready to go sign paperwork for this lease and go walk the land. And I was so excited and I heard God. God said, I said no. I dropped to the floor. I had to call the guy, all embarrassed, and say, I'm sorry, I'm backing out. I told that story for the last few years and people would always ask me, why do you think he said no? And I kind of shied away from it because I just really wanted to be more focused on the obedience and the fact that I heard. I, I, I was okay with not knowing why he said no. And as I was preparing this message and as I was preparing, as I was writing this out and getting ready to share this with you guys, I heard God say, oh, so clearly. I spared your life. Here's what I feel like God said as I was just saw you guys during worship. 
there's an opportunity that's in front of you that you guys have been praying for. There is a door that you're wondering if you're supposed to go through it. God says, absolutely, it is absolutely for me. It is absolutely an opportunity for me, but it's gonna happen in a way that you can't even imagine. It's, it, the, the way it's gonna come about, you can't imagine how it's gonna come about, but it's gonna bring a tremendous blessing to you and to your family. And you guys have, are just amazing leaders. You have an amazing gift and you're about to step through into something that is gonna radically change your life and gonna radically change thousands of other lives. You guys are awesome. somebody who has had a hard time hearing God's voice, I want to help you out with something. I know there's a lot of us that know how to hear God and have heard God, but if you're somebody in here who's had a hard time hearing God, I want to share something with you that I learned a few years back. It's going to help you. A lot of time, God speaks to us in the way that we learn. So three types of learning, um, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. If you are a visual learner, you learn things by seeing. Um, if you're auditory, you, you, you learn things by lecture, by hearing. If you're kinesthetic, you learn things by doing, by hands-on. If you are a visual learner, oftentimes God will give you a prophetic picture that will make sense to nobody but you. So you see a red barn in a field, and that means something to you that God wants to unpack for you. If you're an auditory learner, you will hear God's voice, but it won't be outside of your body because we are filled with the Spirit. So when you hear God speak, it's going to sound like your voice. It's going to sound like your thoughts. But the characteristic of that voice, of those thoughts, will be of God. And if you're a kinesthetic learner and you learn by doing a lot of times you will get a sense. We call this the, the gut feeling, the check in your spirit. This is often the way that God will speak to you. And so what I want to do now is I want all of us to close our eyes and bow our heads. And I just want to ask God to speak to each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, what would you say?
meditate on that word. Remember that if we want to know the word, we have to know the word. And we can't know the word if we don't know the word. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Sunday service. If we can serve you in any way, please visit our website at citychurchotr.com. If you want to be a part of what God is doing in Cincinnati, you can support us financially. Giving can also be done on our website at citychurchotr.com give.